All right, I'm here to introduce Joey Adams. He was recently written about in Perry County Tribune from this article. Joey Adams and I have made contact with each other and about his tour and his music. With me today is Joey Adams. How's it going? Hello, Joey. Hey. First question I have for you is I understand that you are from Crooksville. Tell us a little about growing up here, going to school and from there. Yeah, I mean, I lived in Crooksville my entire life. Um, made a lot of friends here, you know. And I mean, just, it, it definitely gave me that whole, you know, small town vibe that, you know, uh, it kind of resonates throughout a lot of different areas of country music. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I lived here all my life. My friends were here. Um, what, year, they, what year did you graduate? I graduated in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then after that, I moved to West Virginia to go to West Liberty University. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it, I just, I lived here all my life. Like I said, I mean, I know just about damn near everywhere here. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah I have all my friends here, everything. It's where I grew up. Have you done a fair amount of traveling because of the touring and whatnot? Well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call it touring. I mean, I just, I, I book dates, I would say probably five to seven months in advance. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the places I, you know, get booked at, um, they, they range everywhere between, you know, um, Morgantown, West Virginia, to, you know, Columbus, Ohio, to PA. Um, I mean, just around the Tri-County area, really. I mean, I'm living in Wheeling, West Virginia. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, just living in Wheeling, it really gives me the access to go into Ohio when I want, go further into West Virginia when I want. I mean, it's right up there. Um, like two right, three hours you're it, just going it, it, it's it's 20 minutes either way yeah. i can be in pa or ohio oh okay yeah <clears throat> yeah so i mean it's it's not really that far of driving um except for you know like this past weekend whenever i came back to uh play at um buckeye lake you know that, mm -hmm. that was about an hour and a half um and you know i've played in places like chillicothe before i play in athens the second week mm -hmm. of july and uh, those will definitely be further drives but i mean they're definitely going to be worth it and, yeah, so I mean, I'm, de I'm definitely down to keep doing that and keep going further out. And that's genuinely what the goal is. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> you recently had a one-year anniversary on May 21st. First, congratulations. What is the anniversary of so that we all know? So um, a year ago on May 21st, I released my first EP called As Good As It Gets. Um, an EP is basically just a smaller version of an album for those that don't know um i had to google that yeah i mean i had to google it, when <laughs> it. i did um but yeah yeah i uh i released that with my producer ryan smirthway it was a total of five songs um and we released it right before i was about to finish off my junior year of college um and it was the, the first project we had done together the first recorded work i had ever put out and it was just a big monumental step because it put me from being in the playing field that I was in of, you know, just going out, playing at bars, you know, playing a couple cover songs, playing some songs that I had written and, you know, put out there that people like knew the words to. Mm -hmm. And then once I finally put it on, you know, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, all that, then everyone was like, all right, like, this is real. Like it, it, it completely stepped up the field that I was in and it made me more competitive about it too, honestly. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just definitely like that was awesome. 
but yeah, it, it was the one year anniversary of that EP. And from there, you know, we've just been brainstorming and creating new stuff ever since. When you say we, who, how many people was in your crew, as it were, a band or helping helpers or whatever? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely have a team of guys that, mm -hmm. you know, really helped me out. Um, you know, the, the big one is Ryan Smurthwaite. He is the sole producer for everything we do. I mean, not only that, he, he co-writes on every song with me. Oh, okay. So, cool. um, basically, I'll write the lyrics and the chords, you know, what tuning's in, all that, and then... He, like, I'll send it to him, and, you know, we'll brainstorm over it, we'll look at it, and he'll be like, all right, like, how do you like this? And then he'll just rip off, you mm. know, a sick guitar lick, he'll lay down some drums, he'll lay down some bass. Oh, okay. Like, he is the guy, the dude is a wizard on just mm. about any instrument you put in front of him. Wow. Um, I mean, he's insane. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I got some other guys, too. I got um, Adam Davis, um, who he, you know, he helps me with, like, the flyers for my shows and stuff. Um, he helps me with finding new places to play, you know, just wherever. I mean, he knows all the different beer joints around. I got Joe Beers, who mm -hmm. um, he, he does, like, a lot of my uh, pictures and stuff for my, okay. co my cover art for my albums. He did the cover art for all three things that I've released, you know, as good as it gets, my home and the 216 sessions. Mm -hmm. He's done the cover art for all three and he does a fantastic job. He outdoes himself every time. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I got some other guys, you know, Mario Boney, Ryan Phelps, they really just do the same thing that Davis does in the sense of, um, you know, really finding new places for me to play. They network me with new people. Um, I, Mario, in fact, he just networked me with a guy who's out of Pittsburgh who's going to try and get me into some places up there. Um, and, you know, playing in Pittsburgh, that's a, that's a big step, too, because, I mean, that's a, that's a fairly big city with a decent music scene, too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just playing up there would be really awesome. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my team is that. I mean, it's those guys right there. They help me with everything I do. I run everything by them. Awesome. Yeah. Um. Your latest album, I believe, is called 216 Sessions, correct? Yeah. Could you uh, elaborate a little bit on the name? That's a, so a the 216 Sessions um, was something we really just kind of decided to do on a whim. Um, in the middle to end of the creation of the My Home EP that came out last December, um, me and my producer Ryan, we were like, you know, it'd, it'd be kind of cool. Just like we said it in passing, we were like, it'd, it'd be kind of cool to release something acoustically. Mm -hmm. I mean, we play these shows together, just me and him acoustically, yeah. and, you know, people love it, and it's just, we were like, it'd be cool to do that. Then we never talked about it again. Oh. So then two months later, he was like, hey, you still want to do something acoustic? I was like, heck yeah, man. I thought you'd never ask. Yeah. So we decided to go to uh, Jamie Peck, who, Jamie Peck is this Emmy Award-winning producer oh, okay. out of Wheeling, West Virginia. Um, again, a master at his craft. Dude is awesome. Um, and he, his studio is state-of-the-art. It's beautiful, incredibly well done. Um, and we go and we're like, hey, Jamie, um, we'd like to just book a couple hours of recording time. And Jamie did his thing. He hit record. And me and Ryan, we were in the studio. And we released five songs, um, two of which were unreleased originals. We did an acoustic cover of As Good As It Gets, the song that we had released a year ago ago and then uh, we released two covers of 3 a.m. by Matchbox 20 and huh. uh, Dust on the Bottle by David Lee Murphy and uh, the, the reason it's called the 216 sessions is mm -hmm. because um, it took place at Studio 216. Oh okay. So yeah Jamie's studio Studio 216 
and uh, you know we didn't know if we were going to call it two sixteen sessions or uh, you know the two one six tapes. Like we we had no clue. It just it was like okay, these are the two sixteen sessions. It's what we came up with on the spot. So the two sixteen sessions would be like giving credit to where you recorded it. Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, and you know it's like there was nowhere else that we wanted to or could have recorded the acoustic stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. like, like I said before, Jamie's place is beautiful. It's immaculate. It's incredibly well done. And, um, you know, we were just like, this is where we're doing it. Mm -hmm. This is how it's going to go down. And we released it. And ever since we released it, I mean, it's been taken off. It's hmm. been, I think, about a month, over a month now that it's been out. And people are still listening to it. People are still liking it. Right. And, uh, you know, I think we're maybe even looking forward to releasing it everywhere else. We released it exclusively on Spotify. Mm -hmm. um, I think I've, I've talked to some people and they're all like, dude, like release it everywhere else. And I think that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, we just wanted to do that to kind of uh, counteract the balance between Spotify and Apple. You know, mm -hmm. we uh, it was it was this thing for a while. Um, Apple actually had this um, incredible margin compared to Spotify in terms of listeners and streams. Right. So it was like 90% of our listeners and streams came hmm. from Apple. Wow. Whereas the rest was Amazon and Spotify. Spotify being just as low as Amazon, if not lower at times. Hmm. And it was like, okay, why is this happening? How can we alter this? Um, so what we did was we released the 216 sessions exclusively on Spotify. And once we did that, it just kind of took off from there hmm. and you know people have been listening to it you know our numbers have gone up incredibly we didn't even expect to happen right and uh you know it's just we've been getting a lot of support from it and now it's like the people who only have apple are like okay dude come on let us right. hear it so we'll probably release that soon within the next couple months too i imagine awesome what is the size of your band including those who you work with uh, you make music, you answered that one. I believe you are, yeah, yeah. yeah, you did, your crew. Um, the genre of music you play is country. Who were your uh, your influences? Um, so, you know, I think country as a genre is just a very uh, broad spectrum. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have, you know, the rock and country, you have the old western twangy country, you have just about everything. You even have the Americana, bluegrass stuff. Um, and... It, I think my earlier influences um, definitely revolve around like Eric Church, Kenny Chesney, um, John Mellencamp. I mean, growing up here and with my parents, I heard John Mellencamp all the time growing up. It's mm. practically what I grew up on. Um, in high school, I got really hooked on Eric Church, and it, that's kind of where I think I kind of formed my sound around is you know just listening to his stuff and how he has like a lot of rock uh, accents in his music. Um, and then, you know, now today, um, I look at it and I'm like, you know, I really like a lot of these, um, more Americana artists too. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Tyler Childers, Zach Bryan, Charles Godwin, um, those guys are insane at what they do. Is there and, a thing that they do that stands out or, or I mean, it, you, it's, it's, the, mean? it's their vocals. And I think more than anything, while you do have good songwriting with, you know, Eric Church, Mellencamp, all that the different type of songwriting that you know Childers, Godwin and uh, Brian do they it, it, it's beautiful in a okay. sense I mean I mean it is it's like they rhyme stuff they 
like put stuff in their songs that you just are not expecting right to ever be put into a song hmm. and and it's bold in that sense and, and that's where like i i really i really respect um their music and you know i i strive to create stuff as good as them okay. uh, i mean that's they are amazing at what they do do you have a favorite singer or a or songwriter who and why um, yeah, it probably still goes back to Eric Church. Okay. Um, that Is there was a song that stayed yeah, that yeah. Way? So um, there's a lot of songs. Um, <laughs> yeah. So when uh, I, I discovered Eric Church in high school, like I said, and yeah, the first song I ever heard was by him. I think was um, well, not the first song I ever heard, but the first song right. that got me hooked was Record Year. Okay. Um, you know, he's saying one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. I'm having oh, a record okay. year. Yeah. I mean that. I, I thought like, man, that's that was a great song, and I think at that time too, um, I was a junior, maybe maybe going into my junior year of high school, um, coming out of actually no, I was, it was the end of sophomore year. I remember it was the end of sophomore year, and um, I had just gone through a breakup, oh. and, and that entire song uh-huh. is like about you know a guy turning the tables in a sense of you know his his heart broke, but he's turning the tables. Um, and he's not going to be heartbroken. And, and mm-hmm. that, that kind of brought me out of it. And then I just went down a rabbit hole and mm-hmm. I found drink in my hand and, you know, oh. cold one. I mean, just Mr. Misunderstood, Wrecking Ball, like all those songs. I was like, man, this is amazing. And, and from there, just spiraled. And uh, he's definitely like the songwriter I look up to the most. Okay. It's, it's, it's amazing the power of a song that the person who wrote or even sung it will never know what it does to a person years. That's, that's, that's true. That's amazing. It is amazing. And I think at, to every songwriter deep down, that's what they all strive for to mm-hmm. happen. You know, I, the majority of songwriters, I don't think they even care if they make money, if they're making, you right. know, if they're getting famous. The majority of them, they just want to, you know, touch yeah. people in a sense. Right. I mean, and and that's my goals too. You know, with a lot of the stuff I want to release in the future, and mm-hmm. even now, um, it's just you know, kind of grab a hold of people. Right. And I, I think that's what everyone wants. What has been the most enjoyable show you played, and why? Maybe not the most, but like a good one. Ooh. That way, we're not singling out or yeah, setting I'm, anybody aside. There, there's a couple. I mean. I, I mean, love, is there a thing that happens on a show that makes it great other than, I mean, obviously connecting with an audience? Connecting I mean, with the there, audience. I mean, is like a venue is set up? I mean... Yeah, yeah well, <clears throat> I mean, setup is key, you know. When you're... The, different venues have different setups. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there's, like, different favorites, but, like... You yeah, know. like, um, some venues, they're a... Uh, they have, you know, you're playing on the same level as everyone else there. Like, it'd be just as if I was standing here and everyone else was just standing around me. Like, mm-hmm. that was kind of, um, kind of different. Um, that, like, that's, it's, it's not as entertaining. But then there's some that have stages that are way up high. And it's like you feel completely disconnected. Mm-hmm. The ones that have stages that are just the right size and they're, like, not too high away from people. People can still come up. They'll give you a fist bump. Be like, hey, man, you're doing awesome. Right. Those are the best ones, and especially when people are singing along to stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I first started, honestly, they were singing along to my songs. Um, hmm. And it wasn't just like songs that I was covering. It was like I'd wrote a song called Underage, mm-hmm. and it, it was about me getting an underage at a concert. And um, An underage? An underage citation. Okay. Yeah, so I got an underage citation at a Dirk Bentley concert. Okay. wrote a song about it, and um, 
you know, everyone was like, dude, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I used to play it probably three times a night at shows because <laughs> people would keep going, play underage, play underage. And, um, you know, they would sing along with it. I mean, same with Pong Partner, as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, Mountain, now the big one is Mountain Mama. I mean, uh-huh. that Mountain Mama and She Didn't Like My Boots, those are the two big ones. Um, and, you know, they still sing along with the old stuff too, but, I mean, mm-hmm. it's – it, it's that's what is the best is when people are singing along it gives you chills it gives you a rush of adrenaline oh I'll bet. you feed off of it the entire night now, um, what else stands out at a good show that makes you feel like you have a, other than the audience like is there is i don't know i don't i don't I don't, yeah. know what, I don't know what you see. So what is, is it outside, inside? Is it? I, I mean, outside, I mean, you, you outside, did talk inside. about the, the, the stage being a certain, yeah, you outside, know. Yeah, you know, outside, inside. Um, I, I, I like the inside shows. I do. I, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, being up on stage, you got some lights on you, you know, you got the pressure on you. You get a little hot. You get a little sweaty. Yeah, I'll bet. But yeah, and, and, you know, being inside, you know, you're typically in an air-conditioned place. So that's mm-hmm. kind of nice. When you're outside, it's not always nice weather. Right. Um, I will say, though, the past two shows that I've had outside, one was a private party I did for, you know, some family friends, and another one was one I recently just played this past weekend over Buckeye Lake at Flip Flops, mm-hmm. and um, the Flip Flops one, you know, it was outside, weather was beautiful, and it was incredibly nice, I mean, and it was awesome, too. I think another great thing is is when I walk into a place an hour beforehand, mm-hmm. and it's dead. Yeah. There's, there's no one there, but then I'm playing five, ten minutes into my set, and the place is just packed. I mean, that's how it was at Flip Flops, you know. I, I went dead, no one there, not a soul. Everyone got there for me to play, and, like, I knew everyone in the audience. Oh, wow, almost. cool. Yeah, I knew everyone there. Hmm. And it was just, it was awesome. I mean, the whole deck was full. And, you know, it, it's a good feeling to do that because it's like, okay, I have a crowd that's coming to see me. Right. Yeah, I have a crowd that wants to come see me. And on top of that, I'm helping out, you know, a small business. Right. I'm helping out a bar because, like, you never know how their night might have gone if they wouldn't have had someone playing there. Right. And, and that's that's what it's all about, too. Yeah, if I you mean, give people a good experience, you're giving the bar I'm more giving, people for next week. Exactly. I'm giving, the bar, I'm, yeah. well, I'm giving the bar more money, which, you right. know, especially in today's times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that they, they need, need it. it. Yeah. yeah. Everyone needs it. There's places closing down. I mean, it's just... It's mm-hmm. it's rough right now, um, and you know that's that's something awesome. You know, I, I love that feeling. Right. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, just feeling... have you ever have you ever gotten anything close to that as a child, for example, playing a play in school, for example, or anything like that, where you're in a in a you know in front of a crowd uh, at church, maybe nothing yeah. like that. I mean, I remember one time. I, I don't even remember it actually. My mom always talks about it um when i was like a kid you know we went to church and mm-hmm. um i guess i got up there and started singing long black train oh, okay. um, by josh turner and, and you know granted that i mean that was you know way back when i, mm-hmm. I don't even remember it i was a child oh, okay but um you know i i don't think i ever you know ex- there's no feeling associated to that being that young I, i'm no 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 yeah I, I, okay. I don't think there was ever a time where you know i had put myself out there like that mm-hmm. and you know had went out i mean there was obviously you know instances you know just playing sports where you know you might have had like a really good game or something you know or, yeah. but nothing to the effect of playing a show right. and knowing all these people came to support you came to <laughs> listen to you and then when they're requesting songs that are yours not just other right. people's like it, it's it's a great feeling hmm. it is and now i don't know how the business works but i'm just curious spontaneously just um 
being that you do cover, was it cover songs or? Yeah. I'm not sure what you call that. Um, is there ever an opportunity to to do shows at a church doing music uh, suggested by the church? Um, yeah, so there's there's been a couple instances of that. Um, I didn't know how you viewed that. I had no, I'm just curious. Oh, I mean, I, 100%. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, if I can help out a church, you know, I'll help out a church. Um, mm -hmm. There was a time, I guess, I guess it was, I was a senior in high school, I'm about to graduate, and that was right around the time I'd really started, like, playing the guitar a lot and, you know, wanting to play a lot. Um, my dad, he plays in a bluegrass band called Perry Morgan Pickers, mm -hmm. and um, they were playing at a church one Sunday, and, you know, I went with my mom and my dad to go, you know, we went to church, we were going to go watch them, you know, support, and uh, they were like, hey, Joey, um, Sanford, the guitar player, he's mm -hmm. wanting to play his mandolin, you want to come up here and play guitar? Hmm. I was like, all right, sure, yeah. like, I'm down. So I went up there, played guitar with them, um, played, you know, a bunch of, you know, fun religious songs, um, and, and, you know, I think there's um, instances, like, if someone was like, hey, do you want to come play in church this Sunday? I, I, I absolutely would. I was going to play for a church in wheeling um you know but then there was just some instances people got covid i started getting busier mm -hmm. and it just it didn't work out but i mean yeah if if the time permits i always am open to playing like at a church i mean you got to give back right yeah i was just curious how you would see it from like a business side of things like i since you cover you know do you cover songs it's like why wouldn't you do a church I just, well yeah yeah yeah, yeah and, that's and, I, and i've seen and, bands coming and, and i think and a lot of churches what they do is um to pay musicians mm -hmm. if they don't have the funds through the church they will do like the plate offering like people will pass right. the plate for you i've and seen that as you well know, you'll, you'll get that um but honestly like if someone's like hey you want to come do two or three songs in church mm -hmm. this sunday you know i'm not going to say no right. I, i'm not even going to be like okay like a hundred bucks right like, yeah no, like I'd yeah. say, I, I don't feel there's always, there's always I don't, negotiation. Yeah, right? well, I, but no, I wouldn't yeah. be like, oh, here, like, give me a hundred bucks on this. Yeah. No, I mean, I do this for the money. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I mean, I mean, that's that's church. That's a right. that's a yeah. holy. It's area. sacred. Yeah, it's sacred. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't yeah. feel right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, did we recover that? Okay, here's a one you could reveal about yourself, for especially for your fans. What music may surprise people that you enjoy? Have you got any, like guilty pleasures? Anything strange? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a big Young Gravy guy. <laughs> young Gravy, Young Gravy, Lil Dicky, Jack Harlow. Um, yeah, I love that stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I I do. Um, no, I'm not familiar. I, now, I what like, genre is that? Oh, that's rap. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I like Dua Lipa, um, hmm. Olivia Rodrigo. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with them. They're they're catchy. They're fun. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean. It's it's fun. Like I and it's weird too. I have like a whole separate playlist on my phone, like specifically for that kind of music that isn't country or rock. I mean, being being a country guy, especially in the modern area, I yeah. love rock. I mean, especially like growing up here, like you listen to Metallica and mm -hmm. you know, ACDC stuff like that. It's hard not to around here. Right. I mean, everyone loves it. Yeah, that's part so, of the DNA. I always yeah, say, I, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I mean. That's uh, ACDC for sure. Right. I mean, I, I've listened to that on the mower. <laughs> but no, uh, I mean, it, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I do listen to that stuff. And whenever I, like, put it on, which it is rare, but when I do put it on, I'm in the mood. People are like, okay, like, wasn't expecting this. Right. You know, even, my, even my girlfriend, she was like, since when do you like this? I was like, I've always liked this. Yeah. 
Like, always. Eminem, too. I mean, I, I listen to that all yeah. throughout high school. I mean, Art is one of them strange things. It's almost like food, where you don't know you like it until you try it kind of a thing. Well, and my thing is, too, I think a lot of people, um, they listen to songs, and they there's you have two different types of listeners. You have the people who listen for the melody mm-hmm. and the rhythm of the song, and then you have people who listen for the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I'm a lyric guy. You know, I, if something has a good song, I mean, like I said, I love Eminem mm-hmm. um, and, and Lil Dicky. You know, I, if a lyric is meaningful, mm-hmm. like Eminem's, you know, I, that, that, that speaks to me. You right. know, I, I love hearing that. Or when it's funny, like Lil Dicky, like he, right. he does that funny rap and mm-hmm. it's, it makes me bust up laughing. I yeah. mean, it does. And I love it. That's why now, I'm that, not familiar with Lil Dicky, but I would assume that'd be like a Deadpool where it's a it's, superhero, but funny. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all funny rap. Like, dude, is just off the wall. Yeah, yeah. And, and and people are like, why do you like that? I'm like, dude, it makes me laugh. Like, yeah. this is hilarious. But I mean, yeah, I, I love all that stuff. Okay, it's good. Okay, what well, uh, what are some hobbies that you have? Ooh, hobbies. Honestly, I say between you know working and playing shows and just hanging out with people. I mean. I don't really have a whole lot of hobbies. I think yeah. I think the cool thing is is that playing the guitar mm-hmm. and writing songs started off as you know my hobby, okay. and now it's like okay, like I'm getting paid to you know make these. I'm getting paid to go play at bars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do like fishing during the summertime. Yeah, um, yeah, I like fishing. You know, um, cracking open some beers with the guys. You know, mm-hmm. just stuff like that. I mean, I used to uh, be pretty big into like shooting my bow and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just the country boy stuff okay. that you grow up doing around here i mean well, yeah every everyone does that around here yeah. everyone around here fishes and shoots a bow but yeah i mean and, and that's just you know like you said it's better than the dna yeah it is the, the self-entertainment it, is what is it what it is. Down yeah, to. yeah but you know because in a big town you got you can go do stuff as yeah. a, a small town you do stuff for you because you yeah. can't, there's nowhere to go to do it. Yeah, you find yeah. a stick in the yard, and right. that thing, I mean, that's that's your toy for yeah. the next we develop, years. We yeah. invent video you know, board games because, you know, we it, want something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. no, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, next one I have is, what are some, uh, yeah, what are some of the jobs you have had to do to get by as an artist? Um... I mean, you know, one job I'm working right now, I work during the week as a bartender in Wheeling. Um, And that, honestly, like the place, they pay me good. Mm -hmm. They are awesome. It's the Bridge Tavern. I mean, it's honestly the best place I think I've ever worked. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, I mean, I worked at Bob Evans in high school. I worked at the Zanesville Country Club in high school. Um, I worked at Cabela's for like two months because it was terrible. Oh, man. Um, But... Not saying anything bad against Cabela's. <laughs> loved you, loved Cabela's, but working in retail was not my speed, yeah. and I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, bartending is what I do now, and that's that's how I get by. You know, yeah, I, I do make a couple hundred dollars on the weekend from a show, um, and you know, it's good money, especially for the time that I'm doing. You know, I play a three, four hour show. Mm-hmm. I can make anywhere between three hundred bucks to a thousand, depending on how good the night is. I mean, right. it's just it depends on the night. Right. Um, and, you know, bartending, that definitely helps me get by. I was going to ask, is bartending compliment what you do to help network and whatnot? Absolutely, and I'm sure it does. yeah, absolutely. Um, I've met a lot of people um, mm-hmm. through bartending, especially at the bridge, you know, a lot of people that come in there, mm-hmm. they, uh, you know, they, they're, they're business owners, they work at different places, you know, it's just, 
that is networking at its finest. Right. Um, and, you know, as I told you earlier, like, you know, I'm, I just graduated as a business guy. Um, you know, networking is key, I mm-hmm. think, in any line of business. Absolutely. You know, the more people you know, the more contacts you make, the more successful you're likely to be. Right. And, and I think that especially, like, has hooked me up with a lot of people. Good. Yeah. Would you prefer one recording label over another, or are you just keeping your options open? Oh, ooh. Um, that's the thing about labels, you know. I think um, if an artist can do something independently mm-hmm. and be as successful, as, like be very successful independently, they should stay independent. Yeah. Because while, um, you know, a label, they will take care of everything. You know, they'll, you know, they'll put down the money, they'll hook up the contacts, they'll get your music out there. <clears throat> but, I mean, there's just something about doing it independently. And, you know, I will always stick with the guy that has produced my past three, like, albums, you know, Ryan Smurthway. I'll always stick with him. Right. Um, so if anyone ever does, if any label ever does come be like, hey, you're coming with us, you know, I'm like, he's coming with. <laughs> yeah. you know, me and the guys are coming with. Um, so I'm assuming you would treat, what's his name, Ryan? Ryan, yeah. You would treat him in, uh, not just as a, 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 like a friend relationship, but oh, a, you, would, you, a, you would treat he, him. He's a brother. You would yeah. treat him as a business business relationship. Yeah, no. Because if someone came to you with, with whatever that price tag would be, yeah. right? You'd be like, Ryan, we'd have a, let's have a conversation. Yeah. What would yeah. make you feel comfortable if we parted ways on this one issue, you know what I mean? Yeah. Would, I will, is that a possibility? I, w- I don't think I would ever part ways with them. Really? Okay. Yeah, no. Um, if someone, if a label was like, hey, we're only taking you and we're not taking him, I'm like, all right, see ya. Right. Like, like I'm this staying is with a, I'm This staying is with a, the combo meal right here. This Take is, it, right? Well, and you know, I think that's pretty reasonable too, considering we've gotten to where we are. Mm-hmm. We are attaining, you know, more fans, more listeners every day. Um, and, you know, I couldn't have done it without him. Right. He, he writes, he, he co-writes on with everything with mm-hmm. me like he the dude is a part of you know the name mm-hmm. you know it, it is my face my name my voice right but he is like he's the worst behind it some of the music because he, he said he, he does yeah, different, yeah, yeah, different yeah, instruments yeah, to yeah, give he, you ideas he, and well, ex- exactly like yeah like i can think of lyrics and you know some chords and stuff mm-hmm. um and you know I'll, I'll put that down and i'll write it and i'll record it and i'll send it to him and then he'll send me back you know sick guitar licks drums everything like oh, okay yeah i mean the, the dude i mean we are a team in that aspect hmm. and i don't think if a label ever came to me and was like hey we're only taking you I, one i don't think i could ever do it to him because yeah. you know that trust and that relationship i've built with them um but also you know just i don't think i would feel comfortable yeah you know cr- trying to create the same music without him right he, he is a part of the music it's like it's like sleeping with one sock on. It's like this won't feel right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Well, what I mean? and, and it's always like we look, we look at the music. We look at the music like uh, like a baby. Yeah. You know, I gave birth to the baby. He raises it for eighteen right. years. <laughs> <laughs> like that. I mean, that's that's the truth. Yeah. He, the man does everything. The dude is awesome. I, I. But I mean, if a label was to come and be like, "Hey, we're taking both of you," yeah. um, you know. It's whoever, any any, it's, it's, it's any it's, labels in mind? Or? It's, it's, it's whoever has the best deal. Yeah. I mean, you know, EMI, Sony, like, they all, um, they all have, you know, just as well notable artists. I mean, if it's one that has, you know, notable artists on it that I know can take me 
places to where we need to be, right. then I'll go with them. Other than that, you know, it's, I mean, I have been approached by like some production companies. Oh, okay. Um, nothing, no like big labels or anything. Mm -hmm. um, there was a production company out in um, California that got a hold of me. And they were like, hey man, like we can hook you up with this, this, and this. And uh, I was like, well, I already got a producer. And they were like, oh, well, like we can hook you up with our producer. I was like, yeah, but I like my guy better. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, I like my guys See, better. everybody likes their guy. That, that's where these things clash. And I was just yeah, curious yeah. how people would deal with those. You now, know? If, someone, if someone ideally is coming forward and they're like, hey, we're going to give you money and contacts and you just keep doing what you're doing, mm -hmm. cool with me. Yeah. Cool with me. But as of right now, I mean, put it like this. I think um, to produce a full album, I mean with other you know player like musicians on it and everything and you know getting studio musicians all that i think it costs around 15 grand for a full, oh, wow. for a full album to do it without a label mm -hmm. um a label is basically a bank they'll give you you know 50 to 100 grand to get it done but mm. then that first 50 or 100 grand you make back from the streams right. you have to pay back to them right so you're not even seeing that money whereas ryan and i who, like I said before, he's a wizard at what he does. Mm -hmm. um, we can go in. We recorded um, all three like studio projects. Mm -hmm. I think for fifteen hundred. Wow, fifteen hundred. Because wow. he's able to do everything that he does, and that just means like when the stuff picks up even more, mm -hmm. you know, with streams and everything. You know that money's going right back to him. Mm -hmm. You know I don't even care about it because he deserves it. Right. But like that money's going right back to the team. It's not going back to some label that you know had to put money down for us. Right. And, and that's that's what I love. Yeah. You know? The feeling of no uh, no obliga obligations, but at the same time you're taking care of each other. And, and yeah. And then ways, it's also yeah. you have the artistic freedom too. Yeah. 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 It's it's awesome. All right. What did you use that you don't anymore that others could learn from? Mm. What do you mean by that? I actually jumped a question. So let me go back then. <laughs> okay, yeah. What or what and or when was a turning point or a big break you got so far? Or any defining moments? Um, you know, I think the most recent one, definitely the Perry County Tribune. Um, yeah. you know, I got that interview um and it just it was put out there and i immediately saw results on apple and spotify awesome immediately and, and it was like hmm. i i guess from talking to people from back here um you know i went away to college in west virginia i built up my music scene in west virginia oh. you know i oh. and i did it there without you know like family or friends back here, you know, just coming out to my shows mm -hmm. because I wanted to believe in myself of creating that hype in a oh, different I area. Yeah. You know, I wanted to kind of prove that to myself. Yeah. So then whenever the thing with the Perry County Tribune comes out, it's like people back home are like, oh, I knew he had like started doing music as like a hobby or something yeah. whenever like but he, Joey's he, legit. First went, he first went to yeah. high school, but now he's got like stuff on Apple and Spotify. Hmm. I went to like a bar a couple nights ago and they were just like, like I, I walked out of there. I was with my brother and I walked out of the bar and the, some, we passed someone that, you know, I barely knew in high school. And he was like, Hey man, how you been? Like, you're doing all this music. Like, like, are you with like a label? Like, what are you doing now? All this, like this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 
man, like, who are you? <laughs> I'm like, I, I was like, I barely know you. But, I mean, but, you know, and, and that's the thing, too. I mean, it's just um, that was definitely, you know, a big turning point. And then, you know, obviously, whenever um, I play a show that is in a new place mm-hmm. or a bigger place or a more populated place and it goes amazing, that's always a certain type of turning point. It's always a certain type of big break. Because you're learning the different environment and how that would... Well, it's not just that. It's, you know, you, know, you play at a new place. Mm-hmm. Um, not all the same people are going to be there as playing at the old place. Right. You know, so another one is, um, you know, I'm playing at Generations, which is a bar in Wheeling, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm playing there August 20th, I believe. Don't, mm-hmm. don't count me on that. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can find the dates on joeyadamsmusic.com. Absolutely. Um, but... Uh, I'm playing there, you know, in August, and Eric Church, Luke Bryan played there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they played there in the early 2000s, so it's really cool that I'm getting to play a Saturday night show there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's, that's also, you know, a bigger break, because that's, like, probably one of the most well-known bars in that area. Oh, wow. So, okay. so playing there is, you know, another big break. And then, like I, like I said, like, just playing anywhere new, you know, you're getting a different crowd. You're getting new people to hear you. Mm-hmm. And you're always going to have, you know, a couple people who are like, oh, man, who's this guy? And then mm-hmm. they're going to look him up and, you know, listen to him later. And they're gonna be like, all right, this guy isn't, you know, too bad. Right. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Here is the... Uh... Not the previous question I had, but the one before it would probably better set it up. What gear do you use? Guitar, amp, mics, etc. Oh, um, yeah, so I have uh, two Martin guitars that I use. Um, the one I got um, as, right after I graduated high school, you know, I got about $500 from like graduation money, you know, people like can graduation party, they gave me money, whatever. Mm-hmm. I had about $500, $600. And uh, my dad was like, okay, well, um, you know, I'll give you four or 500 for a guitar, you know, mm-hmm. because he was like, when your brother graduated, I bought him a guitar for four or 500. I'll buy you a four or $500 guitar. And I was like, okay, well, I've been playing at CA house, like going in there and you can ask the guys at CA house this. Uh, I worked at the Bob Evans right up and on Underwood, and every day after going to work at Bob Evans, I would go into CA House mm-hmm. and play on a guitar, like oh, just play okay. on the guitars in there. Huh. And when I finally came in, um, I took the money that my dad gave me, the money for my graduation party, and I bought me a thousand dollar Martin. Oh um, wow! Yeah, and, and you know, I it's a beautiful Martin. It sounds amazing. It's mm-hmm. the it's the acoustic. If you hear any acoustic guitars on. Um, like any of our recorded stuff, it's more than likely that guitar that's being used. Um, and you know, that that one is just near and dear to me. Um, for a while I didn't play it. Um, it's not the main one I play mm-hmm. anymore. The main one I play now is a different Martin. It's a DX1 and uh, I've done some customizations to it. Um, oh, okay. I, uh, so I bought that guitar um, right when COVID started. There was that brief period for like two weeks, I think in June or July, where everyone was like, oh, we're coming out of COVID. Like, mm-hmm. everything's good. So, me and the boys, we go down to, <laughs> we, we were like, all right, screw it, we're going down to Myrtle Beach. Yeah. We go down to Myrtle Beach. I had a bunch of money in my pockets, and I was like, okay, let's go to a pawn shop. I went to a pawn shop, bought this Martin guitar. Mm-hmm. I think it's brand new, it goes for like $800. Um, I got it for four. Um, hmm. And there's a couple dents and stuff in it. And then I put some pickups in it. Um, and then about, you know, six months later, I think it was, I 
had been playing it around a campfire mm -hmm. and the strap had fallen off and came unhooked. So it fell into the fire. I picked it up immediately. Mm -hmm. It was fine. Uh -huh. There was maybe one or two burn marks on there. And then I got bored one night and I was like, huh, burn marks. Okay. I took a butane lighter and you know, lit it all around the edges. So uh -huh. when you look on the 216 sessions, you, know, you look on that album art, mm -hmm. that is that guitar. You know, and that's that's one like I've just chipped away at. I mean, there's is that is that the one that has the yep the ring the ring around it. That, that, was. that was done with a butane lighter, just hmm. out of my own boredom. Mm -hmm. You know, and I did it, and my girlfriend she was like, "Okay, that looks stupid," and I was like, "All right, well, whatever. I already did it. It's yeah. done." And then I went and go play at a show with it, and everyone's like, "Oh, dude, that looks pretty cool." Like, yeah, where'd you get that done? I was like, "I just did it myself in my room." You got to go for the different, yeah, good or I bad, mean, go I, different. I, yeah, exactly, stand yeah. out. But I mean, and that—that's one, you know. I just I bang on. I mean, there's dents and scratches in it. There's everything. It, it's it's worn. Yeah, yeah it, it's worn. I mean, I play all the time, and I still play the other one too. Um, for a while, my producer was playing that one whenever we did shows. Mm -hmm. um, he just bought a Martin as well um, to play at shows. And, you know, just, I still play them both, but the one is definitely played a lot more than the yeah, other. Okay. I mean, it's it's worn down to a point. I mean, it, it looks cool. I like that worn look. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm hoping one day I can wear a couple holes in it. Just, <laughs> just keep playing it. I mean, th that kind of proves something to myself. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like every guitarist, when they get a new guitar that's an acoustic, mm -hmm. they're like, okay, I want to play this till there's hole, like a hole in it from where I'm right. playing. Like, I'm like, all right. Like, that's, I mean, that that is the goal. Mm -hmm. So... I use those. Um, I use just a standard, you know, PA system, stuff like that. A microphone. The microphone and the PA system. My mom had actually got me before uh, okay. one of my first gigs, um, and then you know, from there on out, that that's the same system I keep using. All right. Yeah. Um, there's been different equipment here, there. I get some lights. I have a little drink holder I put on my mic stand. Oh, you know, okay, nice. All that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's just all the same equipment I've always been using. All right. I think you may have covered that question already, but we'll go that one I repeated. What did you use that you don't use anymore, which is the one guitar? Yeah. That others could learn from. Now, what could somebody else possibly learn from, or what have you learned from going from one guitar to another guitar? Um, you know, always just go with what feels comfortable to you. You know, mm -hmm. some stuff is going to sound better than others, um, and that's just depending on how much you're willing to pay for it, how much work you're willing to put into it, how good of care you're willing to take of it um and you know the one sounds the one that i don't even play out like use much mm -hmm. sounds 20 times better than the other one i use oh but the other one i use i think it looks pretty cool so, <laughs> so and, and it sounds good enough to yeah. where it's like okay like people aren't like okay his guitar sounds like crap mm -hmm. you know so it's like all right the guitar sounds good enough and i put some work into it you yeah know? I got it all new stuff, you know, made it sound better. I took it to CA House. They did some stuff to it, you know. Hmm. Did it, and it's already, like, a decent guitar. It's not, like, a terrible guitar. Right. But, um, you know, I, I thought it looked cooler. I mean, I, especially after I did the stuff with the butane lighter. I oh, was like, I, I was like, all right. Well, you got and, a story behind well, it. Well, and it was also, like, um, at the time when I had said, you know, my producer and guitarist, he was using the other one that's nicer. Mm -hmm. um, I made him use that one over the other one because okay. he's, he's a better guitarist. Right. So I was like, okay, mm -hmm. you're going to use the good guitar because you sound awesome. 
mm -hmm. I'm gonna use the slightly worse guitar because mm -hmm. it looks cool. Yeah. I'm the front man anyway, so it's like, you know, might as well look cool while I'm up there. Now, which one did you use to record this last? We used both, actually. Oh, did you? Okay. Um, yeah, so he used the nice one, and then I used the, oh, okay. you know, the slightly less nice. Interesting. Um, yeah, we, we used both. Somewhat covered these already, but if you got if you got anything you can go with, you can. How has your sound or sounds changed over time? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. Whenever I first started playing, mm -hmm. um, like whenever I first started learning the guitar, I really started wanting to play in front of people. I really wanted to sound like, you know, Eric Church, mm -hmm. um, Whiskey Myers. I played a lot of Whiskey Myers, some Kenny Chesney here and there. But I really wanted to sound like Eric Church and Whiskey Myers to some extent. Um, and then, you know, just as time went on, I grew away from that and just kind of started going into how I like to sound. Mm -hmm. You know, how my voice sounds, how it naturally sounds. Now, can I stop you there for a minute? Yeah. Give me a time frame where you went from, like, kind of ding a ling a ling and playing these other guys to, like, I, I want to find myself where... Okay, what, so, what is that? so yeah, um, I started playing the guitar. Um, I picked it up when I was 17, mm -hmm. 16 maybe. Um, you know, I started, really, I was playing it every night my senior year of high school. Okay. Um, went to college, um, played it again every single night in my dorm room. Um, all the time during the day, I'd play hours a day, just ridiculously. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would do that, and I would just I would write songs in my dorm room. Mm -hmm. um, looking back now, they all sucked. Mm -hmm. um, like there's a couple that have potential, and you know maybe one day I'll dig them out and right. rework it. You know, rework them, mm -hmm. make them sound better. But for the most part, um, you know those ones, you know that that whole that was just me goofing around, like mm -hmm. you know just trying to you know work on my craft and. You know, I met some people, and even they were like, yeah, like, you need to work on this, and you work on that. Um, sophomore, summer going into sophomore year is when I got the underage. Um, mm -hmm. When I got the underage, two days later, I wrote a song called Underage. Wow. And um, I wrote that song, and it, it was one of those songs that just comes together. I mean, yeah. I, I've wrote, I was writing stuff down, and it just came together. It was easy. It was simple. Mm -hmm. um, and... From then, that changed my whole aspect of writing, as well as over time, I just, you know, over that next year, you know, right before we went into COVID, I just started really focusing on how I wanted to sound. Mm -hmm. um, and then whenever I, during COVID, um, you know, that COVID, the first couple months, I loved it. You know, a yeah. lot of people were like, dude, this sucks. You know, everything's shut down. Right. Not me. Yeah. I went fishing every day. <laughs> I drank a lot of beer and I ate Domino's every day. But most importantly, mm -hmm. I just sat around and played my guitar. I mean, at that point in time, I could probably write two songs a day. Oh, wow. I mean, okay. I, there, there was just notebooks full of stuff I've written. And it's like, yeah, some's good, some's bad. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm a firm believer you got to work the bad out. But mm -hmm. during that time, I was writing stuff that I liked and. I really could relate to myself and I also rediscovered how I wanted to sound and that yeah. was that was the big turning point to where mm -hmm. I really want to discover how I sounded like what what triggers that because like because you know, we all see it when you know, watch your kids grow up or watch a comedian go from like to, to shit to good or whatever it is when someone seems to like find themselves they seem to just 
take off in a way. I, I think there's... I mean, there's like different degrees of that, obviously. I think right? there's but a number like, of things. You know, you have the competitive aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... I it, want this to be mine and you... That's when when you, it comes to music, it's... I'm very competitive. You mm-hmm. know, whether it's about playing shows, playing different places. Right. Um, how many listeners I have compared to other people. Yeah. That are, that, I mean, <laughs> it's, it is a bad habit, but I yeah. look at my listeners my streams every day probably 20 times a day Mm -hmm. and sometimes i even compare it to other people that are out there and it's like you know it's a bad habit but um you know i do that that's the whole competitive aspect of it and just wanting to be better wanting to be the best at something um and then you know the other aspect of it is just um really it's you ever heard the song uh the ride by David Allen Coe. I, I, no, I would have so, to hear it. To, yeah, it's, I don't know names well. He, he, David Allen Coe in that song, he talks about um, can't like make people feel what you feel inside. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you can't make people feel what you feel inside until you really feel it deep down yourself. Right. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's getting in your feels in, in a sense in that point. It's just really digging deep into who you are mm-hmm. and then writing stuff that you feel but also, in a sense, you know, someone else could feel. And, and, you know, when I write something like that and someone's like, oh, like, I really felt that. Like, that's, like, that hit me. Right. Like, I love that. That, mm-hmm. that is the thing. And then that also makes you kind of change because then you're like, okay, I'm going to quit trying to mimic other people. Right. And I'm just going to do what feels comfortable with me mm-hmm. and I enjoy. Right. You know, and, and, you know, to go off of, like, making people feel stuff, I mean... I had this guy who lives in Texas. Um, the, one of the most recent releases I had it was Red Dirt mm-hmm. um, that I put out on the 216 sessions. And um, a guy from Texas that, you know, I had known, you know, we had, you know, talked a little bit throughout, like, the years, you know. Right. Nothing crazy. Like, we were just buddies. Um, and he DM'd me one day and was like, man, your song Red Dirt, like, it brought up all my emotions of my, ex- of my ex-girlfriend. And, and, and I was like, I was like, man, like, I appreciate that. Like, mm-hmm. I love hearing that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, whenever, you know, stuff like that happens, you know, it's, it's the best. And then it just, it makes the competitive drive. Right. They, they work off of each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's insane. You get hungry for it again. I Absolutely. get that. What is the, let's see here. What's the story behind your album's names we were covered 216 yeah so there's 216 um as good as it gets is mm-hmm. you know the first album that we or ep we put out um and that was just you know it was the first song on there that we wanted to go with mm-hmm. and uh you know there i could have called it underage could have called it palm partner whatever yeah but i was like you know what as good as it gets i think that's a pretty solid one i mean it was definitely my favorite one to play at the time mm-hmm. um you know i loved playing it wherever i was um you know my buddy adam davis it was he still stands to this day i think that it is his favorite song hmm. so i mean it's just that one was just you know what i'm gonna call it as good as it gets i think it's solid whatever um my home again you know it's a song on the ep it's actually the last song instead of the first. Mm-hmm. Um, and we definitely did that by design, too. Um, but My Home, I, the whole idea of it, um, if you look at the album artwork, mm-hmm. so the album artwork is the backside of me and my girlfriend mm-hmm. sitting. So that picture was actually taken by her mom. 
Oh, um, okay. We were just hanging out. I'm going to wait till that car passes. Loud muffler. Small town. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, so we were actually just hanging out. It was like Halloween weekend or something. We were with her family, and her family, they live down in um, Williamstown, West mm -hmm. Virginia. And where they sit, they have that beautiful, I mean, picturesque, like, landscape. Like, you can just see miles yeah. out from the backyard of their house. So we were sitting on the back step, and um, her mom took that picture, and she... she Olivia, she was like, I hate this picture. Like, can't stand it. My hair looks like crap, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, no, are you kidding me? This picture looks like out like an album cover. Right. So I sent it to my man, Joe Beers, and, um, <laughs> you know, the song My Home. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people were let down when they saw My Home, and they were like, oh, this is about Crooksville or, you know, the, yeah. the, the Perry County area. But then it's about her. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's about you know my home isn't a place it's it's the person. Right. So um and you know a song about the area will come yeah. in time, um but you know that song was about her and it was I was like you know I really like the idea of calling this you know my home, and mm -hmm. um you know the picture was there so that, I mean that's that's what we went with you know mm -hmm. it, it was just the collaboration of things and you know Joe Beers he did awesome on the artwork and. Mm -hmm. At that point, it was just that that's what it was. I mean, and then for this next one, um, we're working on a full length album to come out in 2023. Wow, and um, we don't know what we're gonna name it yet. It's pretty ambitious, I yeah. To do that, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we uh, and that's the thing too. I think me and Ryan, and as well as you know, the rest of the guys, we have busy minds in a sense, we don't like to just sit around and wait on stuff, especially me and Ryan. We're just right. like as soon before we're even finished with the project we're like okay what's the next one right um and you know we it's even to the point where we're like okay well we don't want to wait an entire year to put stuff out so like we're planning right now to put something out um by the end of july okay we want to put out a song by the end of july a single and, you know probably more to come in the fall too i can imagine mm -hmm. um but yeah and you know we don't know what we're going to call it yet i was i was even joking around with my buddies the other night uh I have this buddy named Frank, and I was like, hey, Frank, you pay me $500 right now. I'll name my next album Frank. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was like, I'll consider it. He'll <laughs> consider it. But, oh, you know, God. yeah, we have no clue what we're going to call it yet. And you see, when you had mentioned the My Home, it's not directly related to where you grew up. Mm -hmm. But going back to the song uh, Red Dirt, mm -hmm. I wondered if there was any relation between the clay we live in and the red dirt but i had never read the lyrics so i wouldn't know no, so uh red dirt um because when you think of red dirt red dirt actually um applies to the south and more commonly texas mm -hmm. um and what had happened was i had this friend who she was leaving to go to texas she was mm -hmm. leaving west virginia and her and i were just friends mm -hmm. but there was a guy who was like trying to convince her to stay in West Virginia. Oh. And she was like, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, yeah, screw that guy. Like, get out of here. Go do your thing. And um, whenever that had happened, I just tried. I was like, okay, I'm going to put myself in this guy's shoes. Right. You know? And so I just, I, I wrote that. And it, it's about a girl leaving West Virginia and the guy who's in West Virginia, you know, kind of running right. after. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just stuff like that. And, you know, at the end of the song, you know, I... 
some people have noticed it, some people haven't. I put in some references to like Waylon and, and all that, you know, just other artists that, you know, have made a huge impact on country music that are from Texas. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, yeah, that's, that's what that's all about. But I can definitely say a song about the area mm -hmm. is coming. Oh, okay. I mean, that, that, there's more, and it's more than likely going to be on the full length album. And I wanted it that way. Mm -hmm. I wanted some more meaningful stuff on the full length album because I wanted more listeners to hear it. Right. Because, again, Crooksville, especially, it's mm. a small place. Yeah. I think it has like, what, 2,000 people? 2,500. 2,500? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so 2,500 people, you mm -hmm. know, I have over 2,500 listeners, mm -hmm. you know, and I've, I've anywhere between, you know, five to 500 to 3,000 on Apple Music right now. Right. Um, just depending on the, you know, month. Um, and then, you know, Spotify have a couple hundred as well. And it's just like, I definitely want to, um, you know, broadcast, you know, Crooksville in right. a sense to more people. So I wanted to wait mm -hmm. until I had built up that audience. And I was like, okay, like, once I build up that audience, then I'm going to release the song about the hometown because that's what Crooksville deserves. Right. I'm not aware of anybody else's put anything with Crooksville, but I'm assuming you're going to put that in the, on the musical map. Oh, Crooksville. I'm, I'm <laughs> be I'm the first. <laughs> I'm, I'm not hoping. sure. <laughs> All righty. What is the story behind albums? What are other names you have uh, contemplated? Ooh. Um, for Any like, ones you really struggled with, for example? Any names that you're like, man, I... See this or that? Two sixteen is it? Yeah, I mean two sixteen. That was back and forth. Um, my home, we went back and forth a little bit on. We almost called it Mountain Mama, I think, at one point. Which Mountain Mama is the most streamed song that we have. Mm -hmm. Period. Um, which is insane to think about too, considering it was released after an entire EP was. Right. So, I mean, it blew past the entire first EP in I think a month. Mm -hmm. um, but. We, I think we considered naming it Mountain Mama at one point. Um, and then, you know, I'm trying to think what else. With songs, it's always a struggle. Yeah. You know, I it, not always. Sometimes a song comes together fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it, there's times where you never know what you're going to name it. I mean, there's one I wrote that um, the hook, at the end of the hook, and this is going to be on the next, um, like, album i guess yeah mm -hmm. it'll be on the album um the hook the end of the hook the end of the course it says keep me from you um but it's a murder ballad mm. so you know it's one of those classic country murder ballads where a guy's like pissed off at his girl or something he's mm -hmm. you know he's gonna offer yeah. or something like that but it's a murder ballad so instead of that i was like all right we're gonna call it murder ballad number okay blah blah because I didn't like the idea of saying, keep me from you. Right. Because it, it kind of sounds like a love song. Yeah. And it's also like, I also wanted to name it, you know, Murder Ballad number two or number three. Because mm -hmm. we haven't released a number one. Oh, so uh, I wanted yeah. people to be like, oh, like, what's number one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's stuff like that. Um, you know, it, it genuinely, or generally it comes together fairly quickly. Um, but there are times, you know, especially when deciding what to name it. I think this next album is going to be the hardest one to name. Oh, wow. Um, hmm. Yeah, so we don't know. We don't what know. is a name you had prior before choosing one of the three you've chosen so far? Oh, like I said, um, Mountain Mama. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I know whenever my freshman year of college, um, I wrote this song called Out of Habit. Mm -hmm. And I, for the longest time, I was like, you know what? Out of Habit, that is going to be the first name of my first album. Yeah. And it probably won't be. Right. But because now things, the, evolve. Well, things evolve, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not the same person I was when I wrote that song. And it's also like, you know, I don't like the song as much now compared to, you know, other stuff I put out. It's probably one of the better ones I wrote in that time, mm -hmm. but it's definitely not near as good as some of the stuff I'm writing now. Right. So, I mean, that was, that was a big one. And I was hell bent on calling it out of habit. Mm -hmm. for, I, I think as good as it gets. I consider calling it out of habit too. Oh wow! Yeah, not not the song, but the whole EP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely considered calling it out of habit at one point. I considered wanting to put that song on there, but then we went with the five songs, and I was like, "It's as good as it gets." Mm -hmm. That's what this is going to be called. Mm -hmm. That's what we went with. Hmm. Yeah. Do you have a song that you connect with most, or does that change even? Definitely changes. Um, okay. Whenever I'm writing stuff, it changes frequently. Mm -hmm. um, when I write something that I really like, um, I'll play it over and over again. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll keep playing it, keep playing it, keep running it through my mind. I'll I'll record it on my phone and listen to it in my truck. I mean, it's stuff like that. Um, and then you know, just as far as recorded works, um, I definitely feel a deep connection to all the songs I put mm -hmm. out. Um, you know, I think for a while, Heaven in My Eyes, which is off the 216 sessions, mm -hmm. was a big one just because it talks about West Virginia. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's where I've been spending the majority of my time. I live there right. now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just that that one was definitely one. My Home, whenever I wrote My Home, that was another one. Same with mm -hmm. Mountain Mama. Um, I actually... Mountain Mama is kind of cool that we're here right now because mm -hmm. whenever I had written Mountain Mama, it was the during the Pottery Festival. Oh, okay. Um, and so Pottery Festival was going on over here. They had an open mic that year. Wow. Um, and I came, wrote the song in about 30 minutes, came here later that night for the open mic, played it right up over there on that stage. And that was the first time I ever played it. And it was cool, too, because the first time I had ever played it, people were clapping along with the beat. Wow. I mean, it, it was a whole thing. And from there, I was like, okay, this is a song. This is, <laughs> this is, this is a good one. I'm going to keep it. Um, so yeah. I don't know if that's like balls or guts to do that. Write a song, same, same day, then you perform it? So there's, uh, I mean, I don't know. That's, I, that's it. That's... I, I think that is ballsy. Yeah. But I think... Um, trying out a new song at an open so mic quickly at an uh, yeah so quickly i think that's ballsy mm -hmm. but i think trying it at an open mic mm -hmm. is what it's all about um i met this guy i had mentioned charles wesley godwin earlier mm -hmm. um he's an artist out of morgantown west virginia he's okay. touring all over the country with zach bryan um and i had met him at an open mic and you know i had played some stuff on there that i definitely messed up on and he caught it and, oh. and I was like, I know you saw me mess up. He's like, dude, that's the whole point of going to an open mic. It's not to impress people. Right. It's to go and try out stuff that you haven't done before and see how a crowd feels about it. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to mess up, you know, just mess up. Yeah. It's not a big deal. And, you know, so I, I definitely keep those words in my head a lot. Right. And, you know, now it's funny, too, because that bar that I was at for the open mic, um, I will actually be playing there um, early August. 
Oh, okay. And, and it's a big bar in Morgantown, too, so I'm, that's another show, like, I'm very excited for. Cool. Yeah. All right. Do you have any interest or uh, interesting, strange, or fun stories that stand out from playing shows? Oh, uh, playing shows? Absolutely. Um, within the first year of gigging in Planet Bars, there was a bar I'd played at. I can't remember which one it was, but it was over in the northern panhandle of West Virginia. And um, there was this guy. And, I mean, this is when, like, you know, before COVID, the bars packed, you know, just, mm -hmm. it was awesome. And um, there was this guy, you know, there was a dead spot. You know, I had just finished a song, about to start up the next song. And this guy from the back goes, play Slayer. I'm a country guy. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a country guy. But then, so after that, every show, mm -hmm. my friends would always yell, play Slayer. It's like, it's like the play Freebird of my shows. Right. It's, it's this running joke. But the best part of this story is I played a show at Mustang Sally's mm -hmm. in West Virginia. It's in Fallensby, West Virginia. I played there. And um, I was like talking like to some people in the audience and all that. And this one guy who sounded just like that guy from that night goes, play Slayer. And I just looked at him and was like, I've been looking for you for over a year. <laughs> I was like, great. you realize how much of hell you've made my life? <laughs> uh, and one day that could be a part of the song. Yeah, yeah, ex exactly. That's you know, it's, it's, that's probably my favorite one. As for, you know, I know you didn't ask, but stories involving like streams and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I had mentioned it to the people at the Paragon Tribune. Um, there was, I, I can see on Apple Music where all my listeners are from mm -hmm. and see what they're listening to. Yeah. Um, obviously, I can't see who they are. All that. Right, right. But, um, you know, I can, so a little while right before, um, you know, the whole Russia invasion in Ukraine mm -hmm. started, um, there was a listener in Kiev. Ukraine, um, who was listening to the My Home EP, mm -hmm. and he listened to all the songs, but My Home, the song, he listened to probably 10, maybe even 15 times, wow. like on repeat, and the, the other ones he listened like two or three times, but that one he listened to a bunch, and when I saw that, and that when I had seen that, I didn't notice it until probably two weeks into the invasion, mm -hmm. and I was like, man, like everyone's freaking out about it, you know, everyone, and you know, people are still freaking out about it, obviously, yeah. but... You know, that was when, you know, tensions were high. Everyone's really worried. Everyone's like just, you know, they hate seeing what's going on over there. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I had seen that and I was like, man, like that, that, that struck a chord. Humanizes a little that, bit. That, that, that struck a chord. And yeah. like, like I sent it to my family and everything. And my dad like put it on Facebook and he was like, this is just a cool story. Like Joey like told me today. I was, I had no like plan on telling anyone about right. it. But it was just, it, that, that's something. I mean, it kind of gave me chills whenever oh, yeah. I saw it. It was crazy, hmm. but I did like the idea of, you know, some Ukraine soldiers maybe right. blasting Mountain Mama, you know, shooting down some Russians. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, you can't, you can't, Ukraine artist on YouTube I listen to, and he, all he does is produce uh, new copyright music. Okay. That way I can, like, you can add it to, like, a background. Yeah. And I, I follow that all the time. That's only a Ukraine correct connection that I would have personally, but. Nice. Do you have any advice for other artists? Um, it's going to be the same advice that everyone gives. 
-hmm. keep grinding keep grinding keep grinding you make I the mean, cake good people come eat it yeah exactly there's going to be shows and you know i've had this there's going to be shows where there's no one there mm -hmm. you're going to have one person there mm -hmm. you know i mean i don't think since playing i don't think since playing in college i've experienced that there's there's been a couple shows where they've definitely been smaller mm -hmm. i mean you know, it could have been because you know covid or something you know whatever but um, definitely whenever I was first starting out and first trying to like feel comfortable playing in front of people, mm -hmm. um, empty, like empty bar rooms. And then you're just, you're not playing for anyone. You right. might be playing for the wait staff or the bartenders or the owner or whoever, right. but you're playing for yourself at that point. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just got to embrace it. And also, you know, I think even if you're playing, whether you're playing to a room full of people or playing to an empty room, you got to give 110% no matter what because there's always someone listening. Yeah. There's always someone watching and they're gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna hook this kid up. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's definitely the, the thing. Also, you know, if you really, really want to get out there, keep networking, you know, mm -hmm. be a schmooze, schmooze people. Yeah. Even even if they can tell you're being a schmooze, keep doing it. Like, be, just try to, um, you know, also don't copy others. <laughs> just, just do your thing do your thing do your thing keep doing what you do keep doing what you like keep doing what you enjoy i mean that's that's what it's all about mm -hmm. you know don't don't play for other people i'm wondering about your response if i were to say why continue doing something you enjoy continue doing something i enjoy yeah why because i enjoy it yeah but why hey but why continue to do it just because you enjoy it I mean, that's fair. I mean, yeah, I, I guess, you know, it's, it's definitely... I have an answer. I'm just curious what you're responding to me. I, I mean... If you're, if, I'll yeah. answer for you, right? Yeah. Okay. If you enjoy it, that means you do it for free. If you're willing to do it for free, you're willing to do it for money. That's true. And there's money after that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And, and, you know, it's that's definitely true. And there's times where I played for free. Yeah. I mean, it, there, there were plenty of times I played for free. Mm -hmm. And then there's times where I played for 50 bucks or a hundred right. bucks, you know, and now it's to the point where I'm getting, I'm charging at least a hundred dollars, you know, an right. hour. I mean, and, and, and that's just, you know, that comes with the aspect of realization. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it becomes, you realize that you pull a crowd, you bring a crowd, you make the bar money. So why don't, why aren't you making money? Right. Or why aren't you making, you know, a little bit more? If I'm making you money, I should be able to make some money too. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, not everyone's always nice. You know, I remember whenever I first started playing shows, you know, up around college, um, one of the bars, one of the first bars I played at, um, I was like, you know, I would like um, 250 for the night. You mm -hmm. know, I'm going to play a three, three and a half hour show. You know, I'm gonna work my ass off. I'm gonna get a bunch of people in here. Yep. Um, I would like 250, and they're like, "Oh well, we have no idea who you are. We're not gonna pay you 250." Couldn't argue with them. In my mind, right. I'm like, "Okay, yeah, fair enough. Like, you have no clue who I am. Granted, I did bring a crowd, right. but I was like, you have no clue who I am. So I, I bargained with them. I was like, okay, well, how about this? I bring no one. You pay me nothing. I bring a crowd and I pack the place. I want 250. Mm -hmm. And I brought a crowd. I had the <laughs> I got my I got my two fifty yeah. and they were like, We're having you back. <laughs> so I mean it's it's one of those things. And, and you know, it's it's you're not just proving yourself you're not proving anything to yourself at that point, you're proving it to others as well. And yeah, I think a part of the lesson there to be learned for anybody listening, for an example, yeah. right? Would be 
the, the word no doesn't mean you can't be invited. It means try harder. It means try something different, try harder, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Unless we're talking about consent, then no yeah. means no. <laughs> no is no. That is correct. All right, any misconceptions you'd like to say something about? Oh, misconceptions. I don't know. I mean... Because from the outside, people see this artist guy. Oh, he's probably banking bucks or he's got women or anything that you, you want to say. Any, I mean, about guitars or about anything. Um, country music is not all the same. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's not the same at all. You know, you have your Western traditional country. You have your, you know, your alternative country. You have your, you know, classic rock mixed with country, you know. You can't listen to Whiskey Myers, George Strait, and, you know, Eric Church and mm -hmm. say that they sound completely the same. Right. Yeah, you can't. They right. all sound different. Um, you know, and, you know, to bank off the money thing, you know, I'm, I'm broke. <laughs> yeah. I'm broke. I mean, I, I pour money into the recording process, and yeah, you know, streams, they, they bring in, you know, a very small amount of yeah, money. I would imagine. <laughs> I mean, I think Apple Music, it's one cent per stream. Mm -hmm. um, I think for Spotify, it's .0038. Ouch. Yeah. It's, it's rough. Ouch. But, so, like, streams, you know, they help, but it's, it's got to be a lot. Yeah. It's got to be a lot. Um, you know, and shows like I'll make good money on shows too, but it's also like, I can't, whenever I, whenever like I'm working somewhere, like I work at the bridge, I work, you know, Tuesday through Thursday. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they're not open on Mondays. So, but I work Tuesday through Thursday and I do that because if I have a show on a Friday or Saturday mm -hmm. and it gets booked last minute or it gets booked, you know, a couple weeks in advance. You know, I'm gonna have to tell them like, hey, I can't work, and they might have been depending on me. Right. So then it's it, it's hard in that aspect too, because like when I'm not playing a show on a weekend, mm -hmm. then it's kind of hurting me a little bit money wise. Right. So it's like, you know, it, it's a lot of give and take, but I have to keep my weekends open for the possibilities of playing shows. And you know, I'm very fortunate enough to where mm -hmm. this summer, as well as you know, going into the fall already, mm -hmm. I'm booked every weekend, either wow. either with a show or you know, a family. Mm -hmm. gathering like i have a couple weddings that i have to go to here or there or you know some birthday parties or whatever you're performing a show every weekend yeah every weekend that i can incredible. so i'm so i have like i said i have a wedding this weekend a wedding the weekend after and then um there is a weekend in june i'm not playing anywhere mm -hmm. that's purely so i can relax and go fishing right. do something drink joey <laughs> time yeah but then the weekend <laughs> at, but then Three weeks in a row in July, mm -hmm. I'm playing. I so saw I'm playing in Newark or Hanover, um, July 2nd for Frog Fest, and then I'm playing in Athens July 8th, and then I'm playing July 22nd back in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. So I mean, and then you know, again, well, one more weekend because it's my birthday. <laughs> right. I mean, I, my birthday's at the end of July. I'm gonna enjoy that weekend. I'm not gonna go <laughs> have to drive somewhere, play a show, and do all that. Right. Um, you know, I'm going to relax. And so then, but then the weekend after right back to it playing in Morgantown, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's stuff like that. And, you know, then I got a couple dates that are booked, you know, in September, August, um, probably going to start booking for October and, you know, even into 2023 here soon. Um, a couple festivals as well have like reached out to me about playing. Um, and, and, you know, it's, 
I'm book solid. <laughs> it, it feels like, you know, but granted, if there's a date or a weekend I can make something work, like say I have a show, you know, in Newark, um, you know, on a Friday yeah. and somewhere in Buckeye Lake is like, hey, we want you to play on a Thursday or, you know, on a Saturday. Right. I'll do it because right. it's, it's on the way. I can do it, you know, yeah. you got to grind. But um, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> Small town idiots. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely that whole thing. Um, so let's say I have a, uh, I'm going to have a business party and I'm going to bring you in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do, what would I need to provide you to, for you to perform a show? Just pack up a power outlets. I mean, what else is there? Power outlets and money. That's, yeah. that's it. That's what I, makes you go, right? Yeah. I okay. mean, I, cause, and, and that's the whole thing too, you know, um, Again, when it's, you know, friends, family, you know, I try and lower the price, mm. you know, if, if I know it's going to be a good time, you know, mm-hmm. I'll go and, you know, just whatever covers gas and a little extra, you know, right. like that, that's a big thing right now, especially is gas. You yeah. Know? I'm, I'm going to burn through a quarter to a half tank, like in that truck, just getting mm-hmm. somewhere, you know, it's an hour, hour and a half away. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that's that's a big thing is, you know, just covering my side of things. But typically, you know, I bring the sound, I bring the lights, I bring me, the guitars, you know, everything I need. You know, I, I bring a little merchandise, more merchandise is coming in the future that I'll be mm-hmm. bringing. I mean, it, it's all different types of stuff like that. And um, now, is it just you at these shows when you when you're going um, it or de- is it, it just it depends? depends. Okay. It, it, it depends. Um, so. There's a couple shows in the fall and late mm-hmm. summer that I'll be playing with full band. Okay. Um, now, the, the, are those prices adjusted? Yes. Okay. Um, typically, I try and make sure that each band member is at least making a hundred mm-hmm. um, for the night. You know, which you know is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty good prices um, for for them. I mean, guys that don't play out, but I know are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then typically every show. I can, I have my producer and guitarist with me. Mm-hmm. Um, he tears it up on lead guitar. I play rhythm and sing. Um, and, you know, that's, we're kind of the dynamic duo in that sense. Um, and we, we always have like a base pay for that too. Um, there's a couple shows here and there where like I have to do by myself, whether it be, you know, a private party that I'm doing, you know, like for you know, like friends of the family or if I'm doing like, or like for instance, I played this past show in Buckeye Lake for, um, on Thursday, he didn't come because he was on his honeymoon. <laughs> like, oh, okay. He, he was on his honeymoon with his wife. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty reasonable. But typically, yeah. he comes to just about every show he can. Um, and you know, there's a couple other instances. You know, so snowstorms. He's snowed in. He lives up near Cleveland, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he drives to wow. play places too. So I always try to make sure like he's getting paid a pretty right. decent. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean. Typically, I mean, it just, it, like I said, it depends on the occasion. Okay. Uh, tell people where they can find you online and whatnot. All right. Well, you can find me joeyadamsmusic.com, um, Joey Adams Music on Facebook, uh, The Joey Adams on Instagram. You can find my TikTok if you can find it. I think it's The Joey Adams as well. Um, you know, just stuff like that. Website? Joey, yeah, joeyadamsmusic.com. Um, Where's your tour dates posted? So if you go to joeyadamsmusic.com, there should be a three lines if you're on your phone, or it'll be up on the top if you're on a computer. Um, but you'll see events there, and then you just click on events, and it'll show you everywhere I'm playing, whether 
you know, if it's a private party, I'll have it blocked off and say, this is a private party, like whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's the only information you'll get. Um, you know, everything else it's open. Um, you know, like I have, my next show is, um, frog fest, which is up in Hanover. That's, mm -hmm. that's going to be anywhere between two to 500 people. Um, and that, so that's going to be a big one. I have that one on there. I have all of them on there. And, you know, sometimes it takes me a week to update it. Um, mm -hmm. just depending on how busy I am, but you know, it, like I said, it just depends. Um, what, what is the most updated if I want to 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 see where you're at definitely definitely the, web, definitely the website, the website. Um, yeah the website i will always post stuff on instagram and facebook um you know i'll always post stuff there either two to a week to two weeks in advance of a show um so you know hopefully you'll see it there which probably mm -hmm. should i'll post on all my stories and everything um and then you know it is always going to be on my you know, website, you know, mm -hmm. as far in advance as I can put it. So I do have stuff that's, you know, in September and August and July that's on there now. Um, but you know, if someone even like, like I got booked for the gig up at, um, Buckeye Lake mm -hmm. that I just played this past weekend, I got booked up there, um, kind of last minute, it was like a week or two in advance. Mm -hmm. Um, so I put it on there as fast as I could, but you know, that's, that's just the way that that goes. Right. Yeah. And in order to book you, what is the path to do that? Do I um, find if, your number? Do I go to a website? What do, what do I do? If you can find my number on Facebook, you know, you can either message me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. I mean, whatever you follow me on, you can message me on that. Um, and it's you, you responding, it, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's right? always me okay. responding. Um, I do have a couple other guys that, you know, help me manage the Facebook. Okay. Um, but uh yeah it's always going to be me responding when it comes to stuff like that and then um you can also if you go on the website you can um book on the website mm -hmm. so it, there's a little disclaimer saying like no less than 100 an hour um you're basically you make an offer date time all that and then it gets sent directly to the email that we have um for the music and right. then you know i will look at it i'll review it and then after that, I will contact whoever. Um, and, you know, it'll have you leave your contact information and all that. So, okay, yeah. And then also, you know, I've had people who are just, like, talking about me at a bar. And then they'll give my number out to people. Right. So, if you meet someone that knows me, they're probably going to give you my card or my phone number. Okay. And let's say I want to book you using your website. Mm -hmm. um, am I able to pay using a credit card? Yeah. Um, you know. Venmo, Cash App, all that stuff. Okay. I accept cash, check. Um, you know, I accept any form. If if we can do it through some form of payment, you know, I, I'll, I'm up to doing it. Okay. It doesn't matter anyway. Gold coins. Yeah, gold coins, Bitcoin, <laughs> whatever. Oh, okay. That is what I have for you. I appreciate you uh, contacting me so we can have this conversation. I appreciate you for having me. All right. And Ever since she left And I'm looking like one hell of a mess But I'm as good as it gets Yeah, I'm as good as it gets